With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Welcome to the uh, very sad Sunday night forecast. I'm only sad because the Niners couldn't cover six and a half. We're actually excited about this. This is the November 13th PFF forecast. Uh, we have a great show. Uh, ben Brown is going to join us for the start. We're going to do a big takeaway from myself, Brad, and Ben. Talk maybe a little bit about Monday night football play, and then we'll guess the week 11 lines with our good buddy Arjun. Let's rock. Uh, intro still has Eric. Do we need to pay him royalties for that? Someone needs to put on a cutoff shirt and you know up, up <laughs> his his white snake uh, vibe for the new intro. Brad's yeah. Brad's the cutoff shirt guy for sure in this in this. Tri-fi I have a similar now. goatee. I think I have less of a gut. Same goatee, less of a gut though. I don't know. He's been on the rower. He's been on the rower a lot. That's scared for me. I. Uh, uh, anyways, it was it was uh, fun to see Eric was on. Twitter this evening, um, as he usually is. There was a lot to talk about in the NFL today. It was uh, it was capped off, and I'll, I'll kick us off. So we're going to do our, our big takeaway um, from this week. I runner up. I'll just show what my runner up was, which uh, is that the, the Packers I think have gotten a lot of heat as of late, uh, and deservedly so. But if they have a legit receiver, if Christian Watson is actually decent, like they could still be a good team. Uh, and the NFC sucks. So, but that's not my big takeaway. My big takeaway is that the coach of the year uh, should be at this moment in time, Mike McDaniel. And uh, the reason for this is a, a team and a quarterback who I'll be I'll be very honest. I was going to write uh, two off. Um, I did not think he had it. And I don't know that I'm still necessarily a huge Tua fan, although he has played tremendously well. But I want to give credit to what that offense looks like. Obviously, having Waddle and Hill is absolutely amazing. Um, But uh, they have been so dynamic. If you look at the last four weeks, uh, since week six or week seven onward, uh, they have been so explosive, 0.207 EPA per play. Only the Philadelphia Eagles better than them. They still have to play, obviously, on Monday night. 
Um, but since Tua has been back, they have been absolutely phenomenal. And I want to give him one last shout out, which is he took the best running back from the San Francisco 49ers and has put Jeff Wilson Jr. Uh, on uh, in the spotlight. And he has not disappointed, had like 130 yards today, while uh, Christian McCaffrey averaged like 2.7 yards per carry. So um, that was uh, not me being bitter at all. But I really do think what the, the Dolphins have done is so impressive and um, he deserves a ton of credit for what they've done over there um, because it's, it's really impressive. And I, I mean, obviously the chiefs right now are the best in the AFC. The bills look a little shaky with, with Josh Allen. I think you make a strong case that they're the second best team uh, in the AFC right now. Brad, want to go to you. What was your big takeaway this week? Real quick, just piggyback on you. The Dolphins did not punt today, and they have two punts in the last three weeks total, which is just a bananas, banana stat. And, yes, they played, what, the Bears. and any, But, anyway, just ridiculous. Uh, mine is kind of a, a more macro-level outlook. But, um, you know, I think the next rule change that needs to happen in the NFL for, you know, everything's pro offense. We're always trying to protect offenses, make things impossible on defenses. I think the next step is – we talk a lot about these spring leagues and how they can't find quarterbacks. They also can't find offensive linemen. And frankly, NFL teams can't find offensive linemen either. And we have these great edge rushers, these great interior defensive linemen now that can stress quarterbacks as pass rushers. Offensive holding being 10 yards, it kills too many drives. It kills just it, it kills offense. I think they need to make holding a five-yard penalty. I think that is the wow. next frontier. That is the next frontier of just skewing this game towards points. Because without it, I mean, teams can't move the ball right now. And a holding ends drives. It's like a turnover at this point. It's kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. Right. Would Would you get more holding calls? Yo, for sure. No, guys would just right. sell out and just hold, which I think I'm still fine but with. I think, I think there's holding on every play. I mean, that's the, the cliche. Yeah. But, like, refs know they can't call on every play, right? But maybe if it was only five yards, they'd be like, you know what? Like, we're going to start calling it now. And it would it would happen really frequently. But it's a good point. I mean, the, a holding – this is one of the reasons, by the way. you want If you're, if you're a, run, a lover of the run game – this is like the thing you should be lobbying for, right? Because right, right, like right. holding calls are one of the the big kind of hidden pieces, along with sacks. I feel like in in why certain certain quarterbacks or or the run game, for example, is not super efficient. That's really interesting. Right? Uh, yeah, ben, I, I think it actually. Oh, go ahead, go ahead, Ben. Go ahead. <laughs> no, I I was gonna agree with you honestly because like the the reason why like the second and ten run play in some ways is so detrimental as well, right? Is because like you have the risk of the holding penalty. I mean, they're near mm-hmm. second twenty, and it's like the the drive is completely busted or whatever. Right? And I do think that moving it to something else is is kind of uh, I I would say I guess if you want more offensive scoring or whatever, and if you are a proponent of rushing the football, like. That is kind of the one hurdle right now, and I do think that if you kind of shifted that narrative, you know, it, it would change the the calculation at least as far as like how often teams should be running the football for sure in, in certain situations, right? So, yeah, that's good. Uh, ben, what was your takeaway? Yeah, so I might be, I don't know, I might be, you know, uh, siding too much with my guy Justin Jefferson right now, but I do think, and and again, this is kind of you know Brad's. Uh, you know, uh, approach or idea as well. But like from a macro perspective, I think it's nearly impossible to, I would say, kind of construct a, a, a team that is capable of winning a Super Bowl with a guy, with a quarterback that is kind of being paid as like a top 15 type guy, veteran quarterback deal. 
if he's not generating like a top two or top three, you know, production from that quarterback position, I think like outside of nearly perfect conditions, I think that's kind of what, you know, Matthew Stafford got last year, had the best receiver in football, maybe one of, if not the best offensive lines in football, one of the best secondaries as well. If a guy is not getting that and is on a veteran deal, uh, it, it, it's very hard for him outside of Patrick Holmes, outside of Josh Allen to, I would say, win Super Bowls. So if you are kind of building or constructing teams, I think you kind of need to, you know, cycle back to like, like George said earlier with like with Miami Dolphins specifically, like if you can get a guy like Tua on a rookie deal, if you can get a guy, you know, like Jalen Hurts on a rookie deal, you are so much better off set up to compete with some of these teams, I would say with the Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen's, you know, at the NFL level. And I think we're seeing that kind of week in and week out. I think the whole season, you know, it's kind of been, you know, QB plays down, it may be isn't it impacting like, you know, week in and week out, you know, the performances of all these teams. But I think that, you know, once we get into the playoffs, uh, you know, it's only going to be magnified the quarterback play. And I think, you know, in some ways, you know, Justin Herbert didn't actually win this game outright, but the odds were obviously stacked to get him against him eight and a half, you know, eight, eight and a half point underdog, you know, very much, I would say was in line to beat a team that had, you know, an all pro running back and all pro wide receiver and all pro tight end. Uh, and and had Jimmy Garoppolo at the quarterback position. So I still think, you know, even though quarterback play might be down, we very much still have, uh, you, you know, the makings of, you know, quarterback play, especially from a clean pocket, being by far and away the biggest driver. And I think if you can get that on a rookie deal, uh, you're much better off, I would say, to win, you know, a potential Super Bowl as opposed to retreating some of these veteran quarterback options that we continue to see week in and week out. Let me so pose you, this question really quick. Oh, real quick. Is Justin Jefferson the most valuable non quarterback in the NFL right now? I would, I, I don't think, think it's I really, think I mean, I think he has to be, right? And I don't think it's all that close. And I think, you know, w- with him playing at the level that he is, like, I think it very much shows how impactful a, a wide receiver can be, you know, to a game. And I think it, you know, maybe in some ways is the, mo- the second most impactful position, you know, that we see outside of quarterback, you know, week in and week out, I would say. I would agree. Um, you know, I think Tyreek Hill has made a, a claim for it in what he's put up. I have not seen, though, um, and Tyreek Hill is just wide open every play. So maybe right. it's a little less, it's different. you know, like shocking. But, I mean, it's so impressive, obviously, that he gets that open. I think a lot of that is is certainly his, his ability, also the scheme. Kirk Cousins was just throwing it in Justin Jefferson's direction for the entirety of the fourth quarter. I mean, it was not like, Hey man, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to throw you some, some dimes and like, you know, we're going to, we're going to do this thing together. It was like, Hey buddy, I'm just going to put it out there. Go get it. Um, and I mean, the, the fourth and 18 was, I think the best catch I've ever seen. Um, and uh, you know, it, I really, I rewatched the OBJ catch a few times Every time I watch that catch, I'm more impressed by it, to be perfectly honest. Like, it is ridiculous how crazy that catch is. And I actually don't think it's clear cut. I know this is kind of a tangent. Everyone was saying, like, oh, yeah, 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 it's fourth and 18. So, like, that play is way more impressive. And, like, it's definitely Justin Jefferson. There was a little bit of, like, he catches with one hand, but he also has the fact that the defender is there to kind of help him keep the – now, that people are like, oh, it's tough. It helps him keep the ball in. I'm not, like, making excuses for it. But, like, OBJ has – it's just, like, three fingers, okay? So, I, I just – I want people to chill out a little bit before before that. Um, I think he's the most valuable non, non-quarterback. non And it actually is interesting because you go back, and obviously they, they played the Bills, 
And uh, Stefan Diggs had one of the better catches I've seen this year with the one-handed snag just out of the out of the air. No one was talking about that play, obviously, at the end. It is really interesting to think about, though, what you know, what would Justin Jefferson look like with um, with Josh Allen? Um, you know, what would they be able to do with some of that money? Um, it, it's interesting because everyone assumes, oh, no, both teams really like that trade, and I love Stephon Diggs, but it is an interesting thought experiment, and it's one of the reasons that you know, generally trading draft picks is is not a is not a good thing. Now, would they have selected Justin Jefferson? Who knows? But um, Brad, who like I assume you think that Jefferson is is the most valuable on Yeah, I do. I think you nailed it right there. Like we haven't even seen him play. And Kirk did have the the one throw on the goal line right before they scored was a dime from Kirk. But I mean, a lot of it was Justin Jefferson. But yeah, no, I do. I think I think he is. Um, and then yeah, you add in the contract. But if you're talking about value, I don't even think it's a question because he's on right. the rookie deal as opposed right. to you know Diggs making 25 mil a year. It's um, it's so impressive to see some of these young guys. I mean, you have Jamar Chase. Obviously, the Bengals didn't play uh, this week, um, and he's been a little banged up. But some of the guys that have come out, you know, it was only a few years back when people were saying you can't draft receivers in the first round because you know they're all busts, and it's like with how valuable receivers are nowadays, it's like, you're almost an idiot. like you're an idiot. If you don't take one of these guys in the first round, uh, cause they're, they're dominant and they're coming in. And that's such a huge, I mean, if you're paying, if you're paying Tyree kill and Devontae Adams 30 mil a year, I mean, that's like, it's not quarterback money because quarterbacks are making, you know, 45, 50, but that is insane. I mean, that is a ridiculous right. amount of money. So you're getting a huge deal. If you get, uh, one of those good players in, in, uh, on a rookie deal. Let me ask you guys this, because um, there were some older quarterbacks, as I mentioned earlier, that that came out and played well. Tom Brady and, and the Bucks in Germany. Um, and he's got he's got to figure it out now because that FTX uh, investment is not going to come through for him. Um, and Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. Are you guys buying both, selling both, or is one particularly impressive and the other isn't? I'll start with you, Ben. Yeah, I think I'm going to stick to where I was at last week. I do think the Buccaneers are very much like legitimate contenders in the NFC still. Maybe they don't have enough, you know, I would say horses to kind of compete with the top end of the NFC uh, at the end of the day. But I think that where I thought the NFC was kind of going to land with, you know, a really dominant 49ers and Cowboys performance, which we did not actually see in week 10, I think the Buccaneers are still very much there. So I'm kind of buying into Tampa Bay figuring it out, having enough, you know, both in their secondary and along, you know, from an offensive production standpoint uh, to potentially knock off anybody in the NFC. But I'm still solid in the Green Bay Packers. I think this was maybe, you know, nothing more than a little bit of a, like a a revenge game, you know, from Mike McCarthy's perspective, obviously Aaron (laughs) Rodgers wanted this one bad, but if he wants it next week and the week after, maybe I can adjust my priors a little bit right now. I'm still very much in the camp that uh, the Packers are, uh, very much, I would say, outside looking in in the NFC right now. I'm buying the Bucks. Uh, I think we talked about this a little bit, but I think their approach to Julio Jones was different and better than a lot of teams that tried to get guys back. I mean, Keenan Allen not playing in this game tonight, probably a you know game-defining. There's a lot of teams trying to rush these players back, and they just kept them on the shelf forever, had that great touchdown today. As for the Packers, not buying long-term, but – I know there's a, a message in the chat, the opposite. I am betting Green Bay. I don't even know the line is. I'm betting Green Bay against Tennessee on Thursday. Um, sight unseen, whatever the spread is, I am taking Green Bay. I think this was like a turn turn the season around type of win. Come playoff time, they're, they're going to fall up short. But I I already, like I said, I'll bet it as soon as they, they put it on any sports book I can find. 
I'm I'm weirdly with you, Brad. You know, it it actually started for me. I bet them um, uh, against the Bills Sunday night, and that was a game where they should have come out and just gotten torched. I mean, they should have got the doors blown off and given up, and the season should have been over. And they, I mean, they covered in that game. They put they they played hard. And I said this last week. The difference to me is that I do think Aaron Rodgers and and Lafleur get along, and I think that's keeping them together. Like if that was Mike McCarthy coaching, and I like Mike McCarthy, but like if that was Mike McCarthy coaching, this this thing would be over. And, and it's it's not. And um, look, I'm not going to overreact to Christian Watson. I saw a tweet that was like. The only player with a better athletic profile in the last 30 years is Calvin Johnson. And I almost threw my phone out the window. I was like, <laughs> we need to relax a little bit. Um, but he doesn't have to be Calvin Johnson. He just has to be serviceable. Like the guy was literally, uh, it was funny. Mike Renner tweeted this out that uh, Christian Watson had four, rece- uh, four targets past the sticks, um, like midway through this game. And three of them have been drops. And then, of course, he, like, comes alive in this game. He doesn't have to be great. He just has to be, like, actually targetable. And that offense makes a, a, a huge jump in, in the right direction. Now, whether David Bakhtiari can actually, you know, get back and play serviceable. I didn't realize, by the way, that he went to Sarah um, in, in the Bay Area. She found that out in the Sunday night game. So I'm buying, actually, in the NFC. Someone pointed this out in the chat. Uh, Patrick pointed this out. The NFC sucks. I, I'm buying the Packers in, in the NFC. And – the Bucs, I buy Tom Brady playing well because he's played well all season. In that game, they won the game. That was some of the worst strategy play calling. It's so bad. It is so, so bad. I mean, everyone's making fun, and rightfully so, of the, of the pass out to Tom Brady, you know, uh, on the left side, which was, was horrible, obviously, from a strategic standpoint. But they just continue. I mean – and they're drinking their own Kool-Aid. It was interesting listening to the um, the, uh, the the commentators. Like, see, this is what you got to do. You can't have Tom Brady throw the ball 40 times. You got to run the ball. They've run the ball 38 times in this game, and look at the score. It's like, you know, if you're gonna if, if that's the way that you believe football is played, then you're 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 just not gonna win the game. So, um, I guess I, I'm I'm buying the Packers and I'm selling Bucks, even though I, I'm I'm buying Tom Brady figuring it out. Um, have you guys, uh, we'll, we'll get out of here on this. I'm just curious. I've been consuming this story way more than I thought I would. Have you guys been following this, this, uh, FTX, like debacle and, and crypto stuff? Like deep in the weeds of San Bankman Freed, uh, deep, deep in the weeds. I know he, he flew to Argentina yesterday, so who knows oh, where God. he is right now, but the oh, fact no. that he was like funneling billions of dollars to his 28 year old girlfriend who was like, the whole thing is, is absolutely bananas. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's an all timer. And then I saw too, they, the new CEO or the fill in interim CEO is the same guy who took over Enron for Enron. <laughs> like there's, it's, it's the, it's one of the funniest stories I think in a while. Yeah. It's incredible. Oh my goodness. It's, um, so, it really is breathtaking. But are you then? <laughs> I, I would say I'm, I'm only tracking it as much as Josh Hermsmeyer's tweeting out updates for okay. me and that I can like read them really quick and then I'll get them. So I got to throw him a couple likes cause he has been. I would say nuts on the crypto market for the last like three years or whatever. It was probably like the first one that like, cause I mean, I think, you know, like anybody else, I obviously like looked into it or whatever and had like maybe some initial opinions on it, but it was like, 
it's just rife with fraud, right? And I think that Josh Hermesmeyer, you know, for all the flack that he's given on Twitter or whatever, was very much, I would say, nuts on the crypto market. And I think that we're only going to see that play out any further. So any advice I'm taking right now from the crypto market is only coming from our Air Yards King, I would say, for sure. So. <laughs> um, so I found out today that Michael Lewis has been with Sam Bakeman Freed for the past I six months. I did see that. And I just want to know if Michael Lewis is like, like, did God, was God like, look, I need, I need something good to watch on TV. I need a good book to read. Michael Lewis, <laughs> go hang out with this, this whack job. There are so many components to this, this story. It's unbelievable, but um, I, I'm not going to go into it here. There's obviously, I, I've listened to a bunch of good pod. There's a good podcast, uh, the all in podcast um, where they dive into it. And they have Brian Armstrong, who's the CEO of Coinbase, who comes on and talks about it. He says some interesting things. I read a, an hour-long read uh, last night. This is the last thing I'll say on this. Um, if you want to laugh really, really hard, uh, Sequoia Capital, which is a venture capital firm, did this like piece on SBF. They invested in him. And it is one of the funniest things. It is an, I shit you not, it is an hour-long estimated read time. And it is pure comedy. Um, we have Monday Night Football uh, tomorrow. Um, ben, what is your, before we get you out of here, do you have any uh, any plays for Commanders Eagles that you really like? I mean, I would say not a whole lot to be honest. We <laughs> a lot of unders, a lot of player prop unders. I think if you're gonna, I think if you're gonna watch this game and you really want to sweat, Taylor Heineke under zero point five passing touchdowns, like a plus one ninety plus price, plus one eighty five, highest value in the player props tool at pff.com. I mean, if, if you're watching this entire game. You want to sweat. That's going to be a sweat the entire game. I'll tell you that much right now. So I would, I would take that one. If not, you know, maybe watch a crypto documentary or something like that and, and get out yeah, and make a family or something like that. Right. So that's the only other option you got. On uh, oh my God. I, I listened to, I listened to another podcast where they, they called SBF. They, they said that they, they likened him to Jeff Bezos starting Amazon. Um, which was the most disrespectful thing I've, I've ever heard. It was uh, absurd. There's nothing like a Heineke sweat. I feel like the Heineke sweat is similar to like trying to get your money out of a, out of a crypto exchange right now. <laughs> uh, ben, we appreciate you hanging that. out with I us. I got to leave on that. <laughs> <laughs> Have a great one. We love you. Thanks for hanging out. Go follow Ben, PFF underscore Ben Brown. Uh, drops knowledge on you every single day and you will not be disappointed before we get to um, the week 11 guess the lines quick reminder you can go download and you should the pff app right now go search pff in the ios app store new features getting added all the time a couple new ones that are on there you can now bookmark your favorite piece of content that means uh, brad's great stuff and ben's and arjun's all that you can go save it so you can check back on it uh, whenever you need to before games starting whatever it is you're gonna place your picks plus you can now deposit uh not deposit you can now place your bet straight into fanduel uh, we added all of those lines so you can see fanduel and betmgm lines in there right now um so go download the app and uh get rocking with us um also underdog fantasy i know that it seems like underdog and fantasy is meant to be played at the beginning of the season but underdog knows but sometimes your season ends a little too prematurely, and so they've got you hooked up with a pick'em game. All you have to do is guess higher or lower than the total number uh, for a player, uh, player stats, and you can win up to 20 times your money in a single night. Pick between two and five players in your pick'em entry, get all your picks right, and you'll be taking home some cold, hard cash. Use promo code PFF 
when you download the underdog app or go to underdogfantasy.com and they will double your first deposit of up to hundred dollars. It's a really good freaking deal. So use promo code PFF and get into the action today. Last but not least, our friends at Western and Southern. Now is a good time to get your money right. So go to Western and Southern Financial Group, westernsouthern.com slash PFF. They can help you with anything that you're looking to do. You're trying to buy a home. I heard, I saw this today. It is right now the worst time to buy a home in the last like 40 years. So maybe you're not planning to buy a home right now, but you want to buy one at some point. You should plan for it for starting a family, trying to figure out how to make your money grow, get some life insurance. These times are a little tricky. So go to westernsouthern.com slash PFF and get yourself figured out for the road ahead. All right. Arjun is joining us. Uh, I think he's going to show up here in a second. There he is. Arjun, that's a lovely hat. Um, How did you finagle Kyle Shanahan acting like a complete you-know-what and um, Robbie Gold blowing a PAT? That was brutal to watch. Yeah, I know. I feel I feel really bad for the for the printing press. I feel especially bad for for you guys who got six and a half last Sunday night when you know I was able to snag some four and a half mid Sunday. Uh, so I I was definitely happy with the with the field goal attempt, but at the time I was kind of just rooting for the Niners to score a touchdown for like for Niners to potentially cover and uh, Chargers to have a chance to you know maybe come back, but. Yeah, just a brutal beat all around. And, you know, Kyle Shanahan and game management is just another journey. I was, I mean, it almost felt as though, you know, the Niners were like, look, we can win this game in in our sleep, kind of. They made some some boneheaded errors. They didn't need to, well, they didn't go for fourth downs. But I was just stunned by how uncreative the offense was. Like, if it wasn't for Jimmy G balling out on third down, Chargers would have won that game. Um, and uh, yeah, I, that if you're going to trade your entire draft class for CMC, don't you have to like put together some plays to show them off? <laughs> tweet? Is that like not a rule? Yeah. Anyways, um, let's get to uh, the week 11 games. As we do every single week, we are going to guess the lines and then we're going to look at what the actual line is and then we're going to decide whether we're going to bet that game and then we're going to, at the end of this, come together and decide on our favorite ones. We'll write those up. So uh, last week, um, we had some, uh, I guess it was middling to say to say it best. I think I went uh, three and three. Um, I still have a bet with Washington and Philly, with Philly first half, Arjun. Uh, we all, it's a squad ride for us. Um and uh, and Brad and Arjun, you guys are below 500, which means um, I think that's our your guys' first below 500 uh, week uh, since we started doing this. Is that right, Brad? You, you hate to see it. Yeah, I'm tilting. If you guys are takeaway for the bets earlier with Ben, mine would have been if I still drank a couple barley pops on Sundays like I did before I was a host <laughs> of this podcast, I would have been firing off some tweets that would have had me talking to PFFHR on, on Monday. So thankfully that didn't happen. But a tough week. Hey, we're go- we're going to bounce back, though. All right, so I'm I'm in the lead here. I've got 19 wins, 19, 12, and one. Brad is 18, 15, and two. And Arjun, you are 17, 12, and two. Uh, and as I said, we all have Philly first half uh, tomorrow. So week 11, Thursday night, Tennessee, Green Bay. Arjun, kick us off. I got Packers minus two. You got Packers minus two and a half. 
I have, let me grab my sheet here. I have Packers minus two and a half as well. Uh, I thought that's what it would be. Uh, let me pull these up here. That's what uh, it is on BetMGM. So. Yeah, that is what it is. Um, Arjun, what are you doing with this one? I'm on a, it's a tough one because I think like Packers showed a little bit of resiliency in this game. They're going to be at home, short week, tight ends were really banged up heading into the Broncos game. But I don't know. I'm I'm really scared of Derrick Henry versus this Packers rush defense, which even though the Packers won, Cowboys still average a 0.15 EPA per rush on all plays, a 0.06 EPA per rush on early downs, 48% success rate. I mean, this Packers run defense is still not fixed. And, you know, Derrick Henry is one of the best running backs to take advantage of that. So just, just going to lay off for now. So I said it, I said it before. I was sticking with it. I am taking the Packers minus two and a half. I think it's my first Thursday night bet on here. Um, Henry did leave the game today. I think he came back, but he, not 100%. They also didn't have Jeffrey Simmons today. No Bud Dupree today. I thought it was going to matter. Uh, Russell Wilson is just that bad. And Nathaniel Hackett and Josh McDaniel is in a race to the bottom. Who can be the worst coach in the AFC West? Um, so it didn't matter this this week, but um, yeah, I love Green Bay minus two and a half in this spot. I, I think it's just simple, you know, short week, simple game plan, simple execution, uh, and, and I'm taking Green Bay here. Yeah, I I think I want to ride ride with you here, Brad. Even though um, even though I kind of guess this one on the on the nose, um, total is forty and a half, <laughs> which. So it's going to be really cold. It looks like it could be a little windy, so I can understand that. Um, I I do, even though the Titans' uh, offense was kind of pathetic today, they played a, a good Denver Broncos defense in Ryan Tannehill's first game back. So I like over forty and a half. I think I'm gonna I'm gonna bet this one. Uh, Packers minus two and a half. I also like the over, and I will probably bet that as well. Um, Chicago Atlanta. In Atlanta, uh, Arjun. Um, I made this Chicago plus two. I got Atlanta laying one and a half. I have uh, Atlanta by one. It is Atlanta by three. Atlanta minus three. Wow. Yeah. That is a bet for me for sure. I mean, I I might be buying Fields at the top of his market, but you are. I mean, he's he's improved so much. Like we're we're seeing a progression from him that you know we kind of always wanted to see. He's using his legs more and more. The the Falcons with Dean Pease running that cover two defense, like they're gonna let you kind of run the ball. And I think they're I'm not scared at all of their defensive line. And I think their bear the Bears rush game should have some success. Um, against this Falcons team, you know, Deontay Foreman uh, had, you know, a pretty good game, I think over 100 yards on Thursday night. So um, I, I really like the Bears in the spot. I'm curious what the over-under is because the over might be a play as well. It's See, nine and a half, so it's it's high. <laughs> okay. Um, I think, yeah, yeah. So I'll, I'll jump in. I'm taking it as well. I'm hopping on another one. Um, I'm also probably buying high in the fields market. But I think the thing, the takeaway today – um, is outside of a bad pick six, Jeffrey Okuda, no question about it. Uh, Fields made a lot of nice throws today. There was one play, he, his fourth read was Darnell Mooney. He fit a nice ball in. He had a couple other nice throws throughout the game. Some like, you know, not simple, not one read, not busted coverage, like legitimately good passing plays throughout the game today. Yes, it's the Detroit Lions, but nevertheless, I mean, Atlanta played on Thursday. They're just a bad football team. They're not going to get a lot of pass rush on field, so he'll have some more time back there. Um, 
yeah, yeah. Uh, the only thing, reason I don't like the over because I, I agree, like both offenses should score a ton, but they're both going to run the ball 50 times, and that might burn a lot of clock is the one concern there. Since week seven, Chicago is seventh in the NFL in EPA per play. Top uh, te- only teams that are better, Philly, Miami, Cincinnati, Kansas City, Dallas, and San Francisco. Um, is this not going to be Desmond Ritter? It should be. It really, really should be. Like, like are we really no not rolling with Desmond be. Ritter yet? And that would make me that would make me more scared. I would I would like it less if it is Ritter. Yeah, I was like, it makes no sense. Um, yeah, I, I out of principle, like, have to take Chicago here, even though I, I do feel a little weird about. It. I mean, Atlanta's getting the long rest. Obviously, that's one of the reasons that this is uh, three, I believe. And Chicago lost to Detroit today. Um, you know, so like that can't be like Detroit is not a good team either. Um, but uh, if I'm getting three, I will take I'll take Chicago. Um, Cleveland, Buffalo in Buffalo. Uh, I will raise my hand. I bet the Browns plus three and a half today and they uh, scored an opening touchdown and then had absolutely. <laughs> Arjun, what are you making this? Yeah, I was with you, George. I feel like an absolute square for yeah. taking the Browns there. Um, but but uh, I have Browns uh, plus seven in this game. I got the the Bills laying seven and a half. Wow, I am I'm Bills by eight and a half. Um, so let's see here. It is Bills by eight and a half. I thought I was worried maybe Allen's you know elbow wasn't um, wasn't going to be in good shape. I think really the problem was that he just made some really bad throws and. I watched that game pretty closely. I think everyone's going to remember the craziness at the end. The, the Bills should have covered five and a half, six and a half in that game. Um, that was nowhere near being close. And they're driving, the Bills are driving down the field and Allen throws a horrible interception. So I, I'm going to, I'm going to fade that noise. Um, and that's why I have it eight and a half, which is where the market is at. Arjun, what are you doing with this? Are you betting Cleveland again? No, no, no. I, I know I should be betting Cleveland if I have them plus seven, but I mean, it's just like the, the Browns offense just makes no sense sometimes. Like they'll have these spurts of being good versus being bad. I think like I, I made this plus seven because the, the Browns rush defense is legitimately like has a case to be the worst in the NFL. Um, But the Bills average a negative 0.59 EPA per rush today versus the Vikings who who play the lightest box counts of any team in the league on early down. So it's not like the Bills rushing attack is going to take advantage of a, of a poor Cleveland rushing defense. But, I mean, I, I don't feel comfortable backing this Browns D at all against Josh Allen, who he might have had his moments, but, you know, still kind of, you know, took uh, through his way down the field uh, for uh, the majority of the game. My guy, Ed Donatel, just refuses to put more, anyone in the box. Um yeah, no, I'm not taking it either. Um, but yeah, I think Allen's health is fine. It was just boneheaded decisions. But like you said, George, like I was sitting there, I had seven and a half and seven tickets for the Vikings and felt like a genius because of the news and everything that came out. And then in the first half, I was like, those are losers. Like, yeah, get rid of those tickets. Mm-hmm. Um, and somehow they they somehow, as always, came back to win on the interception, but also, you know, fumbling the snap on their own half yard line. Um, I will say though, I saw a discussion of they should have taken a safety. That made yeah. no sense. There was like 45 seconds left on the clock. You're punt- you would have been punting to Minnesota with de- uh, what down two or up two, um, with- and they-, they had all their timeouts. So they should not have taken a safety there, but nevertheless, I'm um, laying off. But I think Buffalo, it's not as bad of a loss as it looked. 
Are you guys worried at all about Buffalo's offense? I think they need another receiver. I've been saying it for weeks now. Yeah. I've been saying it every podcast in the world. And Gabe Davis was okay today, even though also Gabe Davis dropped that ball that they 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 tied the game up on. That was not a catch. But yeah, they don't have enough receiver. They need a third legitimate option. They don't have it, and they need it. Yeah, I'm with you, Brad. On on my own podcast with you know Tage Seth, who comes on every Wednesday, I talked about how my biggest takeaway from Bills Jets was the Jet the Bills don't have a third receiver, especially with Jameson Crowder out, and I think. You know, it wasn't on full display today because, you know, Diggs had his revenge game. But um, I think when it comes to the playoffs and teams are going to, you know, have a full week to just fully game plan against the Bills, I think that could come back to haunt them. Uh, since week seven, uh, sorry, since uh, second half of the season so far, so week six onward, they are dead average in EPA per play. Dead average. Negative EPA per play. Um and uh, look, I know I'm, I'm choosing a random, you know, point, but I can't. I mean, the, the top teams are the top teams there. Kansas City, Philly, Cincy, Miami, like those teams consistently uh, are at the top. And I think that the big difference right now is Kansas City is so consistent um, relatively. I, I feel like Buffalo has become almost what we thought what Kansas City used to be, which is a lot of inconsistency, uh, weirdly. But I. I'm not worried about it. I still think they should have covered that game. Uh, and Allen made a couple of boneheaded plays. Um, he's not quite Mahomes yet. But uh, then again. <laughs> All right. Next up, we have Philly Indy. Jeff Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> McDaniels has to be gone after this, right, Brad? I, you have to. Uh, we talked about Frank Reich last week. I don't know oh how you God. go back to that locker room for Mike, or Josh McDaniels. I mean, just pathetic. But at the same time, okay, at the same time, Ursay claims he knows how to build football teams. If he knew how to build football teams, he would not have let Matt Ryan take the field today. Okay. Because there's some good quarterbacks in this draft class. And somehow Matt Ryan, Matt Ryan had a 38 yard rushing attempt today. Okay. Scramble. So um, that'll, that ended up, that's going to take, <laughs> that's going to take a quarterback potentially out of the way. Um, Arjun, would you make this? Um, I made this Eagles minus eight. Yeah, I had uh, Indy plus eight and a half. Wow. Okay. I'm, uh, I think you guys are probably going to be right. I have Eagles minus 10 and a half. I am not buying the fighting Jeff Saturdays. It is eight and a half, um, at least on FanDuel. Um, you doing anything with this, Arjun? Oh, I'm pro- well, I haven't seen the Eagles yet, you know, because they play on Monday night, but I feel like this is going back to our, our Eagles first half. I mean, legitimately, the Colts are the worst first half team in the NFL right now. And obviously, like, you know, the Raiders didn't do what they needed to do, but the Colts rank, rank dead last in EPA per play uh, on offense in the first half. Like, very bad unscripted plays. We know how the Eagles are in the first half. Like, Colts are just a below-average team in the first half. And I, I think, you know, depending on how they look uh, tomorrow, this will probably be a system Eagles first half play for me, up to, like, minus five, minus five and a half. I'm afraid of this one. Um, I mean, Gus Bradley plays his obviously, you know, cover one, cover three more than anyone in the entire league, but their defense is legit. I mean, also, I don't know why teams are throwing at Stephon Gilmore in high leverage situations. Shout out Russ Wilson again. Um, but even today, you know, with Devontae Adams, who had a good game today, but at the end of the game, I mean, yes, they had nobody else to receive, but why are you targeting Stephon Gilmore to try to win the game? Um, but yeah, their defense is legit. And I think playing a ton of single high, maybe loading some boxes. Bobby O'Karake has been a, a force this year. Um, I, I don't love the matchup for Philly. 
you know, they could blow them out. It's the Colts. It's Jeff Saturday. But I'm not comfortable laying eight and a half on the road just because I think Philly wins. But if it's by less than eight and a half, I wouldn't be surprised because the Colts defense is really, really good. Um, Matt, so one of the reasons that I, I bet the Colts today and um, one of the reasons I bet the Colts today was because I thought either Matt Ryan was going to play or Matt Ryan was going to call the plays. And either way, whether he played or whether he was not playing, he was going to call the plays. And that is a probably a good outcome. Matt Ryan is a smart guy. He's played quarterback in this league forever, has been extremely successful, um, and is you know, clearly going to have the best command of that offense of anyone else. And I could see the team really rallying around that. Um, so I'm even though I have this at 10 and a half, I'm gonna respect respect the market a little bit here and uh i'm not going to uh i'm not going to bet this one new york jets go to new england to play the patriots a rematch uh from a couple of weeks ago where uh, matt jones threw one of the worst pick sixes you will ever see got called back for one of the worst roughing the passers you will ever see um and uh that ended up giving the patriots an opportunity to capitalize on zach wilson being awful uh, to end up covering that game, but I don't know that they deserve to this one now in New England. Arjun, what are you making this? Um, I have this Jets plus three. Same here. I have uh, Jets plus three and a half actually, and uh, it looks like it is uh, it is Pats uh, minus three and a half minus one fifteen. Uh, interestingly, so three and a half. Arjun, what are you doing with this? Yeah, this is a, this is an interesting one, right? Because I think we look back to the Jets and the Patriots before their bye week. Jets convincing, or somewhat convincing win against the Bills, kind of shut down Josh Allen, and then Patriots beat up on a really bad Colts team starting Sam Ellinger, right? So like we learned more about the Jets in that game than we learned about the Patriots. Now, I, I mean, Jets kind of look legit. Their defense is, in my opinion, mm-hmm. a top five defense in this league. Patriots, I think, are fine, but. You know, they're still, I think, a little bit top heavy and they can get exposed in the back end. So I don't know. Like, I don't feel comfortable betting the Jets because of the Belichick versus young quarterbacks angle. Zach Wilson still struggles versus Bill Belichick. But I don't know. This is, this is a very tough one. I'm curious to hear what you guys do with it. I want to bet the Jets so bad. Like, I really do. Um, but you're getting Bill Belichick off a of bye week. I mean, they're both off a of bye week, I suppose. But. And, and, yeah, you mentioned the game. I mean, Mac Jones gets the, the bailout call there. Wilson quite literally cannot play worse than he played the first time around, and it was a five-game win, a five-point win for the Patriots. Like, it's taking everything I mean not to bet the Jets. I'm not going to, but that is a strong, strong lean, um, you know, if I had to pick a side. Total in this game is 39.5. Since week six, the two worst teams in expected points added per play are the New York Jets and the New England Patriots. Um I, both these teams suck. I, I actually think I would, if I had to bet this game and I'm not, um, thankfully, <laughs> thankfully I, I guess this one cracks. So I, I don't, I can wave the white flag, but I think the jets are the right side. And it really comes down to, can they take the ball out of Zach Wilson's hands enough to, to keep this game close? Right. Cause if you, if you ask Zach Wilson to throw it, they will lose. Um, but the same is true of the Patriots, interestingly. Right. So um, it really, to me, just seems like, you know, one of these like 10-7 games. Um, so you might want to might want to snag 39 and a half. I have no idea what the weather will be like, um, but go check your weather app and that might be a play. 
We go now to New Orleans. Brad, I bet the freaking Saints this week in um, the Circa circa Millions. We thought it would be an unpopular play. It was, and rightfully so, because they sucked. Um, 1 p.m., Andy Dalton gave all his superpowers to 1 p.m., Kirk Cousins, and uh, was <laughs> was unable to beat uh, Kenny Pickett. Um, they host the Los Angeles Rams in a rematch which seems like a long, long time ago of the uh, the worst pass interference or non-pass uh, interference call uh, in human history. Arjun, what are you making this? I I have the Saints minus one. Yeah, I had Saints minus one and a half. I have Saints minus one and a half as well. Uh, and I am seeing Saints minus three. So is this uh, – Stafford's got to be back though, yeah? This is Cooper Cup, I think. I don't think Cup plays oh, this week, and I think that's where it's coming from. Wow. So that – what do you think this was without – what do you guys think this would be if Cup was healthy then? I think we were probably pretty close. I think he's worth a yeah, point and a half, yeah. two points. He's definitely worth at least one spread point. Um, I think I think Ben Brown calculated that, and he was close to like probably like 0. 0.8, 0. 0.9, and if you mm-hmm. just round up, I think it was close to one. Yeah, they they have nobody else, right? So, um, the staff, Stafford's going to come out there. He's going who's going to throw the ball to? Because he's sure as hell won't be Allen Robinson. Ben Skoranek's going to get fifteen targets. Skoranek over yeah. receptions, lock of the week. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Arjun, you betting this one? No, and I, I just want to say, like, I think going forward, like, I think like the Cardinals, um, Rams game, right? Uh, the like I I took the Cardinals pregame like money line plus three and a half plus four and a mm-hmm. half plus six and a half live like the drop off from Stafford to Wolford is so much bigger than Kyler to Colt like I Stafford you know he's been having a pretty bad year statistically but he's like he can make plays out of nothing that Wolford can and I mean I wasn't really watching that game because I didn't really want to watch two backup quarterbacks but from the TL it did seem like Wolford was missing high missing low and he just wasn't a good quarterback today but but yeah sorry going back to to this game um laying off I I just don't think the Saints are bettable right now no they're definitely not I will say if if famous Jameis gets in the mix maybe I'm intrigued to bet this thing because I think this is like a high variance potential game where that could decide it um all that being said I like the under 40 and a half I'm, I just pulled it up like I, I don't hate that play at all both defenses playing good football um the Saints put their center Eric McCoy on IR before the game today so Aaron Donald could feast they're already without Andres Pete although that might not be that big of a negative but um you know so uh yeah the under uh, I think is interesting here if, if anything such a weird spot for the Rams, right? Because they're in a crappy division. Um, it doesn't look like Cooper Cup is going to be out for the year. So maybe they could, you know, turn this thing around at some point here. But the idea that a really bad offense is going to somehow be decent on the road without the their best receiver by like, you know, 100 miles is a lot. So um, I, I'm, I'm going to lay off here, but I could see a case to be made for, for new Orleans. Certainly um, Detroit and the New York football giants winners. Again, they beat the Houston Texans. Houston actually got a lot of, a lot of love. It was six and a half got bet up. I want to say it closed four, four and a half um, put up a valiant effort, but could not uh, get the cover done. Arjun, what do you make this? Um, I have this Lions plus three. I had uh, New York length four. 
I have the New York Giants minus three and a half. It is New York minus three and a half, minus 114 on FanDuel. Lions plus three uh, and a half, minus 106. Uh, Archie, yeah. what are you doing with this? I'm not, I'm not going to bet this one. I'm just curious to hear uh, what line does Saquon rushing overs or rushing line <laughs> open up at? 105 and a half. Yeah, three digits. I think it starts with a one, like for yeah. sure. 100 and a half. Yeah. Line, lines run defense just didn't look like it knew how to stop a zone read today. And it was just like, I, 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 I'm just scared to see what Daniel Jones and, and Saquon do to this rushing defense next week. Yeah, I mean, Fields had 47 rushing yards on the first drive of the game, um, and then him and Herbert just kept feeding. Another interesting one, I probably say this about the Giants every week, but the Texans, as bad as they are, they had four red zone trips, and I th- or five red zone trips, and I think scored six total points with two field goals on those five red zone trips. Like They were moving the ball against the Giants to a degree. There were some penalties that kind of helped them throughout the process, um, and then they kicked some field goals at the end because they – Thought they were going to go onside with seven seconds left. Yeah, if you can't tell, I did bet the Texans plus six. I was hoping they would just try to score a touchdown. <laughs> but um, anyways, like, I, you know, the, Gi- the Giants are just not a good football team. But I agree. I think Saquon and Daniel Jones could combine for 200-plus rushing yards. But that doesn't make me think they're going to cover over a field goal. Um, I think they're going to win another one-score game as they keep doing. I think this probably gets out to four. I think at four I would I would take Detroit. Um you know, the, the Giants have, I think, been trailing in every single game that they've played. Um, and, yeah, Houston, like, was able to stick in it despite being just god-awful all day. I mean, Davis Mills on the road is, is terrible. So um, I think you could make a, a claim there. I'm not going to bet it right now, though. Uh, Carolina, Baltimore. In Baltimore, Arjun? Um, I'm in this Ravens minus 11 and a half. Yeah, I had Ravens minus 10 and a half. Yeah, I went with uh, Ravens minus 10 and a half as well. And I th- I actually thought I would be a little steep there, but uh, I'm not. It is Ravens minus 12 and a half. Arjun? Uh, no, I'm, I'm, well, we're short on the Ravens, it seems, but I'm not. I mean, you think I'm betting P.J. Walker against Lamar Jackson, like, you know. I think I'm I'm too smart for that. So um, I'm just I'm just laying off this game. I think I think 11 and a half is a lot of points for for the Ravens though, and they seem like the type to back let a team backdoor cover. I totally agree with you there. Actually, I'm with you, George. I thought I was going to be over, and it was going to land like eight and a half or nine and a half, something like that. Um, but I'm with you. They still obviously don't have many passing weapons. Uh, you know, Mark Andrews might play in this game, but not sure. Um, Carolina sneaky awful on defense the last five weeks though, even though they've won some games. Um, third worst EPA per play on defense on uh, first and second down, um, which kind of was all they really had before. And, and the Ravens tackles have played so well that I think they're going to neutralize Brian Burns to a degree. I mean, Ronnie Stanley coming off the injury has been like Ronnie Stanley. It's cool to see. Um, but yeah, I'm not laying 12 and a half points on a team that, you know, just not, does not have receiving weapons. Uh, and my guy, PJ Walker, no faith in PJ Walker. I do have faith in PJ Walker. Um, I do, and I pull the trigger. I'm going to bet this one. I'm going to put this one down I, again. I, I um, the, the Baltimore Ravens are a really good football team, um, but they're not in t- in this NFL. I just think there's way more. Everyone's way closer to the mean, and you know maybe a couple of years ago this is the right this is the right number. Um, 
but this just this is just a lot. And I, I don't know, Carolina's like still trying to win games, weirdly. So um yeah, I'll take I'll take the Carolina Panthers. You know, the Carolina Panthers coming off of like like Baltimore's not getting that full, you know, advantage on the bye because uh Carolina played on Thursday night um and whooped the whooped the crap out of the Falcons. Um yeah, I'm gonna regret this when PJ Walker is like three for sixteen with two interceptions, but uh Washington, Houston. What a game this is gonna be. <laughs> yeah, I, I have uh commanders minus three. Same here. That is what I made it as well. And uh it is commanders by two and a half, minus uh two and a half, minus one fourteen. So this probably does get out to three. Um, Arjun, are you going to take uh, Commanders minus two and a half? Yeah, it, I mean, it, it pains me to do it, but I think I think I I kind of want to, and I, I think I am. I mean, Commanders like they're going to be on a short week, but like I I just think their their run defense is going to kind of stop Damian Pierce, who's kind of been on a tear all year. Um, they kind of have the trench advantage on both sides of the ball, um, even if Jerry Hughes is kind of playing, you know. 10 years younger than his age. I, I like the commanders in the spot. And I think, I think they should probably get at least to three at some point. Yeah. I like the value before it gets to a field goal. They've been playing some good football, uh, top 10 in both uh, offensive and defensive EPA the last, you know, second half of the season on early downs. Um, you do get the Taylor Heineke experience, which is always a priv, always a journey. Um, but Houston, I'm not even sure Houston's trying to win football games, frankly. Um, which is probably smart, you know, unlike, you know, you mentioned the, the Colts, uh, you know, Ursay's team building, a.k.a., you know, landing elite quarterbacks, you know, generational talents. Um, so, yeah, I'll join you, Arjun. Why not? Why not? I could see um, a little Houston plus eight and a half teaser leg. Looking at, at some of the teasable lines out there, I think you can make a, a case for Tennessee uh, out to eight and a half on Thursday night. A little Commanders-Titans combo. And then, You've got both Buffalo and Philly uh, that you can tease down to two and a half. Um, I think my favorite there is, is Buffalo down to two and a half. Vegas goes to Denver. Um, in my notes, I, I just wrote that like this is this has got to be the one, right? <laughs> like whoever loses this game is taking an obscene amount of money home with them and not having to go back into the office the next day. Um, this is uh, this is going to be incredible. I saw that the uh, the Denver Broncos, if they had averaged eighteen points or scored eighteen points in every game this year, would be seven and two. Um, and uh, obviously, they are not seven and two. Uh, came off a bye and scored what was it 10, 10, 16 points, 10 points. Or whatever it was. Yeah, absolutely incredible. Very good by them. Arjun, what do you make this? Um, I have this Raiders plus three. I had Denver laying one and a half. Ooh. Um, I have Denver by two and a half. And it is Denver two and a half, but minus 115. Argentina here. Uh, yeah. So it's it's trending three, it seems like. And I think I I just can't get myself to bet on the Raiders. Like that is just it's just such a weird team. They're, they're not gonna have any of their you know, without Waller and Renfro, I don't really trust this offense that much. 
Um, the, the weird thing about the Broncos is going into this game against the Titans, they were one of the best teams at limiting explosive plays. I think they'd only allowed a 30 yard pass in like in like three of their nine games or something. And somehow the Titans, with one of the worst uh group of skill position receivers you could have, completed like two 50 yard bombs on them with Nick Westbrook and Kine. So the Broncos are just in a weird spot. Also, I I thought over the bye week they might have some marginal improvement on offense. Just didn't. Um, so I, I just don't think any side is bettable right now. And like George said, whoever whoever loses this game is uh, you know probably had getting the can. You know, all jokes aside, I think because the Broncos ownership obviously is you know the richest owners in the game. I do think if they, if they lose, I think they might fire Nathaniel Hackett. I think Mark Davis just can't afford to pay, uh, mm-hmm. you know, the money for yeah. Josh McDaniels. So as much as he probably should, you know, it should be a loser doesn't get on the plane type of game. Um, but yeah, I mean, Denver, not only did they scored 10 points, it was on a busted coverage to Jalen Virgil. Like they didn't actually st- sustain a drive the entire game. No money hooker, no Christian Fulton, no Jeffrey Simmons, no Bud Dupree. And they still quite literally didn't have a single uh, Russ Wilson took six sacks for 39 yards against the defensive line that's missing everyone. I mean, they are so, 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 so bad. Um, Jerry Judy's probably not going to play in this game. They said they avoided disaster with his injury, so probably not a season ender, but I don't think he plays. Um, it's maybe a spot, again, where under 41 and a half is intriguing because Russ holds on to the ball for forever. His tackles, he is down like to his fourth and fifth tackle at this point, I think. Um, this one is, you know, talk about teaser legs, teasing Raiders up to eight and a half, yeah. I, I like a lot. <laughs> Yes, uh, I'm going to make uh, – I'm going to go Raiders. I think Raiders and Titans is uh, is the one I like the most. I'm a, Houston, Houston I also like. Um, I don't know. I think my – reason I like the Titans a little bit more is that I know they're at least trying to win these games. Um, and uh, Houston is liable to just kind of kind of lay an egg. But I love Raiders uh, out to eight and a half. In a game where, weirdly, I expected the total to be below 40. It's not. It's like 40 and a half, 41. So, um, kind of surprised me. Uh, so, I'll put that one down. Um, Vegas and Tennessee. Dallas, Minnesota. Good game here in Minnesota. Arjun, would you make this? I think I'm going to be off on this one, but I had this as a, as a pick. I did as well. Uh, okay, I'm going to be off on this one. I have Minnesota by three. It is Minnesota plus one and a half. I think you had that's an auto, right? <laughs> it's a half. To At least for um, George. <laughs> help me. I guess. Why, why is Minnesota not favored in this game? I think it's just the whole like they're kind of fraudulent. One score wins. Eventually, you're going to regress back to the mean. But but you cut like George. You kind of said it last week, and like that's kind of why I took some Minnesota money line like late in that Bills game, like. One score wins within a season can be sticky just because, like, random shit happens. Like, teams just find a way to win within a season. Like, they do things that teams aren't prepared for. Now, granted, like, they should not have won that game. They they got stopped at the one. But I think, I don't know, maybe we shouldn't just be saying Vikings are going to regress to the mean. They may fundamentally not be a top five team, top seven team or something. But, I mean, they're finding ways to win games regardless, you know, if we like it or not. Yeah, so, you know, my guess also is – what I was going to say is I mean, interesting is this week we had, we all had Dallas – They was it five and a half when we guessed last mm-hmm. Sunday? Mm-hmm. And it closed at three and a half, which, you know, of course, 
didn't make much sense to me and, and came out to be true. I think the same is going to happen here where I, I wouldn't be surprised if Minnesota is favored by by tip off in this game. So I'm taking that uh, the, the Raiders spread. We like teasing them. So Raiders out to eight and a half Vikings right now up to seven and a half before I think it gets below, you know, that number. Yeah, I'm with you there. The only the only reason I I don't love that teaser, I mean, I, I do like it quite a bit. Um, total there, 47 and a half. Obviously, going to be a much more high-scoring game than you'd expect, you know, Tennessee, Green Bay, or Washington, Houston to be. Um, but yeah, I think I'm I'm with you. I think I'm going to have to I'm going to have to take it and probably tease it as well. Um, and it makes no sense. I I get that. Min- I mean, I just said this like. Minnesota probably didn't even deserve to cover the game against Buffalo. Um, but Dak Prescott, I mean, I know CeeDee Lamb uh, messed up his route, and that's why one of those interceptions was thrown. Like, that's that's not a good thing. It's like it's like great that like CeeDee Lamb didn't run the route correctly and the quarterback threw an interception. Um, and plus, you'd expect them to get Zeke back in this game, which means they're going to be less uh, explosive from running back. Uh, perspective and they'll probably try and run the ball a little bit more in this one um i mean no one's going to be able to cover justin jefferson in this game same story yep. different days same story although cd lamp has a ton in the slot we've talked about this a bunch the vikings mm-hmm. can't cover the slot nope. so he might also go off as well but like you said D- dak just doesn't look he had a fine second half but he just doesn't look the same right now um i, I see them winning i just don't think it's gonna be by, by more than a touchdown yeah with you guys cincinnati pittsburgh in Pittsburgh, last of the afternoon, late afternoon slate. Arjun? Um, I made this Bengals minus five and a half. Same here. I made it uh, six and a half, and it is four and a half. I don't, I don't think Jamar Chase is playing though, right? Yeah, that's probably the reason. So – so Steelers had, in my opinion, the best game plan against Joe Burrow of any team outside of the Cowboys this season. Um, I, I think if you're the Steelers, you just take copy-paste from your game plan in the preseason and, and run it back. Like, you have T.J. Watt back. You should have the advantage on the defensive side of the ball in the trenches. You sit in that cover, too. If, if Hopefully Minka comes back from his appendicitis. But Steelers' defense looked pretty good today with, with Watt back. They're going to be at home. Um, without Jamar Chase, defenses can kind of just key in on T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd, shade a safety towards their side. So, I, it's, it feels like a lot, but I mean, I, I can't take Steelers plus four and a half. I hope it gets out to like five and a half, six and a half. But um, I think I think the Steelers have a legitimate shot to like be competitive in this game. So the report today was that Minka will not play in this game. He's There's expected no way he's for multiple weeks. If he had appendicitis um, today, he is not playing in this game. Yeah, and he was the difference in that first game. You know, again, it was a week one. Uh, what do you have? Yeah. Two interceptions and the blocked field goal, whatever it was. And I think that's the big thing is that, you know, they play a ton of – they actually play some man. But, like, right now because their injuries, like, they're playing a lot of zone on the back end. And I think shading Minka over – Two T Higgins aside would be huge. You shut him down. Um, you know, they, they have good slot coverage, relatively speaking, in Pittsburgh for Tyler Boyd. But I think without Minka, and also TJ Watt is worth like two spread points by himself. He was yeah, ridiculous today. Um, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm inclined to bet the Bengals here. Pittsburgh's very, very, very bad. I mean, they were bottom five in EPA, EPA or excuse me, bottom five in pass rush win rate and pressure percentage before TJ Watt came back. 
They were bottom five in EPA per play allowed on defense before he came back. Like, are they that much better to where they're going to beat the Bengals off a bye without Minka Fitzpatrick? Like, I don't know. I'm trying to talk myself into it, but I can't get there. The the scary thing is that you mentioned TJ Watt, and I agree with you. He he's so phenomenal, especially against the Bengals, who you know uh, uh, with Lyle Collins over there. I mean, that like that's not going to be good. And it wasn't good the first time that they played um, at all. Oh, I'm man. <laughs> yeah, I, it's it's tough. I, I think if Jamar Chase were playing. I take it. That worries me a little bit. Um, uh, it's tough, though. I, I, re- I mean, Cincinnati's a better team. They, they have their offense has figured it out a little bit. And, and Pittsburgh got the benefit of, of playing Andy Dalton in a game where he thought it was in prime time. So um, this one's very close to me uh, for me. I'm, I'm going to not do it, but I think it's uh, a worthwhile one if you're out there looking to, to bet. I do think this gets out. I think this definitely moves closer to uh, six or seven. On Sunday night, thanks to the flex, I was going to be Cincinnati-Pittsburgh. It's not Cincinnati-Pittsburgh anymore. It is Kansas City in Los Angeles against the Superchargers. Arjun, your Chargers back in primetime once again, uh, which means you'll have the uh, wonderful opportunity to watch them as a big underdog again. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, speaking of big underdog, I have uh, Chiefs minus seven in this spot. I had uh, five and a half. I had six and a half, but I knew Arjun was going to make it a full seven. I just, I knew that was going to happen. Um, I could see it from a mile away and he's right. It is, uh, it is seven chargers plus seven minus 114. So maybe closer to uh, getting closer to six and a half. Um, Arjun, what are you doing with this? Um, I mean, if it gets below seven, I'd consider it. I'm not taking it at seven. Weirdly enough, Chargers, you know, they actually uh, play tough with the Chiefs. They they're four and one in their last five games um, against the spread against the Chiefs. Uh, with the lone game being that overtime loss last year, where Chargers probably should have won it if they converted a first a fourth down. Um, it's a it's a tough one because. I don't know the status of Keenan Allen, Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. It seems like Collinsworth is talking about how Mike Williams is ahead of schedule. And he Mike Williams versus Kansas City Chiefs is a is like a revenge game narrative for some reason. It's like it's one of those like game narratives that shouldn't you shouldn't bet into too much, but like you should consider it, I think, a little bit. Um, but yeah, I think Chargers are just so beat up right now. And I mean, Chiefs are coming off a pretty convincing win against the Jacks. So laying off at seven, we'll probably take if it drops below. I really want to bet the Chargers plus seven here. I mean, they, I thought they showed, a, I really want to. They, they showed a lot tonight. I mean, I mean, we mentioned how maybe Shanahan wasn't super creative, but I also think they just did a good job on defense, which was surprising. I thought they were going to get gashed um, up front. I thought they played well. They've been doing a lot of different things with Derwin James. I think the thing too, though, is like, Kansas City's not going to like out physical them and like run the ball down their throat as much as other teams can and do. Um, you know, Isaiah Pacheco had his 16 carries for 80 yards or, or whatever today. He, he was he was feeling himself, but I don't know. I think Keenan Allen is finally back for this one. I almost wonder if this was kind of the game he was holding out for. You add in that Mike Williams nugget that maybe he's ahead of schedule. I'm doing it. I'll go full touchdown. I'll take it. Yeah, I'm riding with you. I'm going with you here as well. Um, Herbert. Herbert looked a lot healthier to me um, today. I think 
Chris talked about that a little bit. They felt like he was finally um, getting healthy. Uh, Derwin James is still an absolute savage. Um, the only thing that gives me a little bit of pause is, you know, you had the fumble that they recovered. They had Shanahan kicking in a couple of fourth down situations. They also had the block punt um, in that game and still should have lost by seven. But, you know, I do think one, at least one of those guys is going to come back. And here's the thing. They're at their five and four. This is a divisional game. You know, what are you holding those guys out for? Like it, it's the AFC. You're not going to just walk into the playoffs here. You kind of got to bring these guys back, I think. So um, I'm going to, I'm going to ride with you as well. Um, in Mexico city, Monday night football, it is San Francisco and Arizona. This means Joe Buck only has to, to fly from Cabo to Mexico City. It would be a nice little commute for him. I'm guessing Kyler's going to be back for this one, Brad. Is that correct? I think so, yeah. yeah I would guess. Arjun, what do you make it? Um, if if Kyler's back, I made this uh, Niners minus six. If he's not back, I made this Niners minus nine. So I assumed he was back. Uh, he tweaked the hammy. It was interesting. It was on the new hard knocks in season. Um, he tweaked it during the game, finished the second half against Seattle. was a little bit limited, but, like, he played the game. It wasn't terrible. Um, you know, I was kind of surprised he didn't play today. Obviously, Colt McCoy, like you said, I think that the drop-off to Colt McCoy was not as big as Stafford to Wolford. Um, anyway, long answer short, I had it five and a half, but that's assuming Kyler does play. Yeah, I assumed Kyler was going to play as well, and I had this at six and a half, and it is seven and a half. The Niners are favored. Um, just interesting, Arjun. What are you doing with this? I, I just don't think you can bet it right now. I mean, seven and a half kind of indicates to me that like even Vegas doesn't really know who's going to start, right? Like, yeah. I feel like it would have it would have been on either side of like seven, or like if if Kyler was playing, it would be on. I think the other side of seven. So I think this is kind of a layoff spot for me. And I mean, I, I don't think I'm, I'm going to bet it either way if Kyler's playing or not. Yeah. The issue too is like, because it's a hamstring, I mean, I probably talk about this ad nauseum every week on this show at this point, but he's not going to be a hundred percent necessarily. And yeah. against the Niners defensive line, you need to be a hundred percent healthy and able to, you know, run around like a toddler who's still your iPhone or whatever the, the joke is about Kyler. Um, so yeah, I'm staying away as well, but I, you know, I'm off by two points over the seven, um, but yeah, I'm gonna stay away. Yeah, I you know it's interesting that the Cardinals did this um, last year, where you know they they won a couple games with Cole McCoy, and they're like, yeah, we'll keep rolling with him, you know. Um, and I could see them kind of trying to do that here because if Kyler's not 100, percent the you know, if he has to sit stationary in the pocket, it's it's over, it's completely over. Um, even with Kyler in the game, I think this is a, a fairly big mismatch. Um, I like the Niners in it as a teaser leg here. Um, thinking about a couple of other, you know, opportunities to tease, you could tease Minnesota. That's plus seven and a half. You could tease Vegas. That's plus eight and a half. Uh, Houston plus eight and a half. Tennessee plus eight and a half. And uh, San Francisco to, um, to uh, minus one and a half in Mexico City. And in a game today where, yeah, they didn't have their best stuff, but I, you know, they, they will certainly be sent a message. Like Kyle Shanahan's not going to walk into this to practice this week and be like, Hey, congrats guys. Nice win. And he's going to light into him a little bit. Um, and uh, so I like San Francisco to come out and get the, 
get the W here. So I will put that down as a teaser leg uh, for myself. Um, any that particularly stand out to you guys this week that you like a lot, Arjun? Um, I, I kind of like our, our Bears bet at, at three, I think. I do, I Justin do like Fields, homecoming to Georgia, too. Uh, Going oh, back Brad. to Atlanta, trying to show oh, off no. for the people. Come on now. I mean, that's that's what he's all about. It's JF1 season. Come on. Everybody knows really? it. I, it's very – I mean, uh, Trevor Lawrence wasn't a nightmare today. They got blown out by, by Kansas City. But um, we, we do need to continue to revisit. The, the draft narrative about Justin Fields was absolutely ridiculous. And I'm so – he still has nobody on that team. It's not like he's getting better because they, like, went – Chase Claypool is not the reason that offense has, has started to he figure out. He still was barely used today. Like, they didn't, yeah. they're still not – he's not fully incorporating the offense. He was – look, Cole Komet had two touchdowns today. Um, you know, who's like a, there was one busted coverage where he was just wide oh, open. Yeah. But, like I said, Fields made a bunch of throws today. It was not just running today. I'm, I'm obviously guzzling the Kool-Aid over here. But uh, I, I like them against Atlanta. Alrighty, we will uh, write up our favorite bets. You can see those on the PFF app and pff.com. If you're listening to this on Monday, they're already out. If you joined us live, we appreciate you. Thank you for hanging out, being a member of the Printing Press. We'll be back with you on Wednesday night with our double Seth episode, Judah Fort King as well. And of course, Sunday nights, we'll be back with you next week. Thanks for hanging out. Have a great week. <laughs>